Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We are so excited that you joined us for today's message by Senior Pastor Gary Hart from Victory Church in Great Falls, Montana. Our prayer is that today's message will inspire you to join us in changing the world by helping people find and follow Jesus. Now here's Pastor Gary. And no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, whether you are already a believer or whether you are just checking this whole Jesus thing out, all right? That may be you today. Maybe you haven't crossed the threshold of faith and you're just here. Well, we're excited about that. We, we, we are glad you're here because we truly believe that life with Jesus is better. We believe that. We believe that life with Jesus is better. In John's Gospel, chapter 10 and verse 10, the Bible says, He came that we might have life and that we might have it to the full. And that word life is the Greek word zoe. It means the God kind of life. It's more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more life than death, more health than sickness. Come on. It doesn't mean that we won't face sorrow in our life. It just means that sorrow will be swallowed up by the joy of the Lord that is our strength. It doesn't mean we won't have chaos in our life, but it's the peace that passes all understanding that's going to swallow up all that chaos. It doesn't mean we won't experience death in our life, but the life of God will swallow up any death that tries to come into our life. It doesn't mean we won't face sickness at times, but the sickness has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus so that the health and wholeness that Jesus provides for us can come into our life. It's a better life, and we want you to know that kind of life, and we want you to experience that kind of life And so we're glad that you're here. But I just want you to know uh, that my words throughout the month of August really are going to be directed towards those in our church who are believers, all right? Just want you to know that. So even if you're not a believer, we want to give you permission today to eavesdrop into our conversation, right? You just go ahead, just just listen, just hear what it is we're going to say, and hopefully, Within our words, you will find the way to your own encounter with Jesus. We want you to know he really loves you today. He really loves you today. And he wants to have a relationship, a real relationship with you. He's not into religion, and neither are we. It's all about relationship, and he wants that with you. So if you're ready, how many are ready? Come on, we're going to get started today. I hope you're out your notepads. You're going to take some really good notes. I want you to turn your Bibles, if you would, to the Gospel of John, chapter number 4. The Gospel of John, chapter number 4. I'm going to begin reading at verse number 35, but before we get into that, let me give you a little background into the story, all right? Here in John's Gospel, chapter 4, we find Jesus and his disciples are approaching a town called Samaria, all right? And... uh, the disciples have gone into uh, Samaria to buy some Big Macs and fish sandwiches. <laughs> Jesus goes ahead and sits down by the well outside of Samaria. And while the disciples are in getting lunch, this Samaritan woman comes to the well to draw water. And Jesus starts up a conversation with this woman. In the process of their conversation, they talk about things like water and worship. And Jesus then reveals secrets about her life that he could not have known in any other way than if he carried the mantle of a prophet. And this woman from Samaria begins to think that maybe Jesus is the Messiah 
that the scriptures had promised. So being convinced of this, she journeys back into the city and she begins to tell everybody that she's met, hey, listen, I have met a man who told me about everything I've ever done in my life. You need to come and meet this man, right? And as a side note, that really is what evangelism really is. It's just inviting people to encounter Jesus in the way that you have encountered Jesus. Anybody here had an encounter with Jesus? Wow, we're going to have a great altar call today. How many of you had an encounter with Jesus, right? How many believe Jesus makes all the difference in your life? Amen? How many think Jesus makes life better? All right? So you've encountered him. And so evangelism really is just going to other people and saying, hey, look, I've had an encounter with Jesus. I, I've, I've met him, and I want you to meet him. I want you to have the same kind of encounter with Jesus that I have had. That's really what evangelism is all about. Now, as this is happening, the disciples are returning with the Big Macs. People are coming out of the crowd or out of the city to meet Jesus. And in this atmosphere, the disciples are confused that they've been talking to a Samaritan woman. But in that atmosphere, Jesus makes this statement. You ready? John chapter 4, verse 35. Do you not say, four more months and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Isn't that just like our human nature? To put off till tomorrow or to put off to another time what has the potential to happen today? Jesus here isn't talking about natural harvest although we would recognize and understand that there is a harvest season in the natural, right? You may be tempted to say something like, well, it's not four more months and then will come the harvest. But Jesus said, don't, don't you say that? But because now it's harvest time. Jesus is saying in the spiritual realm, it's always harvest time. There is no season. It's always harvest time. You need to open your eyes. You need to look at the fields because they are ripe for harvest. In our Bible reading through the New Testament this year, our, our church is reading through the entire New Testament throughout the year 2019. I, I, I pray and hope you're coming along with us on the journey. How many of you are reading through the New Testament? Come on, I love it. Uh, get people, if you aren't, get on, get on your version Bible app, download the Daily New Testament, and you can join us in reading through the New Testament throughout the year. And this week as we were reading, I was reading in, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse 2, and I came across this scripture. Look what it says. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Come on, this right now is the right time. Today is the day of salvation. In other words, it's always harvest time. This is always a day for salvation to take place. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but all around the world today, 
this scripture is being fulfilled right before our very eyes. Because more people are coming to Christ now each and every day than at any other time period in all of history. See, we don't hear a lot about that in America, right? Where where we're kind of civilized. But if you go to third world countries, if you go to China today, there are people, if you go to Africa or even Brazil today, there are people every day coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in record numbers. There is a sweep of global salvation that is taking place and it's happening every day of the week. And I am truly anticipating a time when this scripture is true of Victory Church. That every day, you and I are seeing people come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, they don't have to come to Jesus just on Sundays. (laughs) They can come to Jesus on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And yes, they can come to Jesus on Sunday. Because every day is a day of salvation. Come on, somebody. Can you get excited about that? Anyone love the state fair? Like the state fair? There's, there's a few sick people out there. Um, Pam loves the state fair. She absolutely does. Loves the state fair. And you might ask, why does Pam love the state fair so much? Because she wants a taco treat taco. Really? You can go down to one of the four taco treat taco stores in our town and get a taco for $2.50. And if you go between two and four, you can get it for $1.50. Or you can wait a year, go to the state fair, and get one for $4.50. What is up with that? Now, she says... She says that taco treat tacos from the fair taste better. I don't know. I I don't go to the fair for a taco treat taco. Anyway, um, I I actually do. I enjoy going to the state fair. I like going, but for totally different motivation. All right? It's not the food for me. Um, I'm not really all that fond of fair food. It's there. And I'll eat it just because it's there. But it's not like it's, you know, over the top kind of, I just can't wait for some fair food, right? And, and I enjoy the exhibits. I do. I, I like going and I like going into the flower room because it's always cool in there. Um, I, I like going into the art center, looking at the pictures and going into the, the art area because my daughter always has something in there that she has painted. This year she put in her Bob Ross Actually, my wife put it in because she knows how to get cheap tickets to the fair. And um, <clears throat> so we use that to do that. And so uh, we get in that way. Uh, but that's really not why I go. And, and really, it's not even for the wonderful experience to eat ice cream in a cow barn. <clears throat> I mean, what could be better than that, right? The essence of... Cow and pig and and having a big scoop of yeah, you get the picture right, and that's really not why I go. Um, I go because of the people. 
I, I like, I'm a people watcher. I love to watch the people. And every time I go to the state fair and I'm walking up and down the midway, I cannot help but think about the scripture in Matthew's gospel, chapter 9, that speaks about Jesus. Listen to this scripture. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The New Living Translation translates it this way. They were confused and helpless. And that's exactly how the people look at the state fair. They look confused. They look harassed. They look helpless. There's an emptiness in their life. They're looking for something of life. And when they don't find it, they have to dig deeper into the barrel to try and find something that only Jesus can fill. You see, because the truth of the matter is, without Jesus, life is confusing. Life makes no sense without Jesus. Without Jesus, our lives become easy prey for the adversary. We become easy prey. He, he causes us to walk in ways that are contrary. You know, that, that scripture I read to you earlier in John chapter 10, the first part says, the thief comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his primary plan for your life. He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill the very life in you. And he wants to destroy your life because you're made in the image of his son, Jesus. So he'll do anything. Sometimes the decisions that he causes us to make in our life wreak consequences that leave our life as though we are harassed and helpless. Life without Jesus is helpless and hopeless. And that's the condition we see in a lot of their eyes. You see, we must open our eyes because the fields are ripe. Well, that was kind of a long introduction to my message today. But I want to spend the rest of our time talking about what I believe is one of the most important aspects of evangelism. All right? And I want to equip you with the tools necessary to help you reach your world for Jesus. So today I want to talk to you about the preeminence of prayer. The preeminence of prayer. See, I think prayer is one of the most important aspects of evangelism. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, right after Jesus uh, saw the crowds and had compassion on them, he turns to his disciples and he says this, verses 37 and 38. He said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few, so pray. The harvest is great, but the workers are few, so pray. You see, when it comes to the work of the Lord, prayer is preeminent. It is most important. Yes, there will be a time when we need to speak the gospel. There's a time 
when we have to do the work of evangelism. There is a time when we need to share our faith. But we must never think that we can accomplish a spiritual work in the flesh alone. We're not just going to convince people of their need of Jesus. We must first make sure the spiritual atmosphere has been dealt with. Prayer is preeminent. We can't do this just by our own flesh. We need the Spirit of God. So we must pray. Several weeks ago, I preached a message entitled, Why We Must Pray. You remember that message? And in that message, I, I shared with you through the scriptures that the reason we must pray is because prayer releases God to operate in the earth realm. If we don't pray, God cannot do anything. He's given us authority in the earth realm. Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray, we release heaven and we release God to operate in the earth realm. If we don't pray, nothing can happen. So if we're going to reach the world for Jesus, we can't do it in our flesh alone. We must pray. And so what I want to do today at the, the, with the rest of our time is I want to give you nine prayers that we can pray as a precursor to evangelism, all right? Nine prayers. I know that might seem overwhelming. I gave the Wren seven keys to a solid foundation in marriage today, so you can take nine, right? I had a weird dream last night. I don't dream very much anymore, but I had a weird dream last night, and someone in the dream told me, keep it to three. I said, forget it. I'm giving them all nine. So, uh, we're just, we're just going to go for it here. I promise this is going to be short. I'm, I'm just going to give you the thought. I'm going to share with you the scripture. So today, if you're taking notes, and I sure pray to God you're taking notes, because this will be very helpful for you as you seek to be equipped to reach your world for Jesus. If you don't get the point, at least get the scripture. Write the scripture down, because you can go back then later and look up the scripture, and the scripture will point to the point that I'm giving you today. So if you're ready, let's dive in. Number one, the first prayer that we can pray is pray for the Lord to send out workers into his harvest field. Pray for the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Don't you feel that way sometimes? Don't you look around and say, man, the the harvest is plentiful, but the workers seem few. Well, the truth of the matter is, That's a lie. The harvest is plentiful, but we do not lack workers. The problem is not that we don't have workers. The problem is that the workers are not in the field. Notice Jesus did not say, pray that the Lord would raise up workers. He simply said, pray that workers would go into the harvest field. The truth of the matter is, if we would simply get into the field we could see a harvest coming in in much greater measure. As I've shared with you before in the past, if each and every one of us would simply focus on reaching one person with the gospel this year, just one person, and then that next year we'd all focus on just reaching one person, and that next year you'd focus on reaching just one person in five years, we could reach the entire city of Great Falls and surrounding counties. 
It is not that we don't have workers. Just think about the impact. If every believer in Great Falls was to just reach one person this year, we could double our churches. Most of our churches wouldn't have enough room to contain them all. If we could just get workers into the harvest field. And it's very interesting to me that in the very next chapter, chapter 10 of Matthew, after Jesus has told his disciples, pray that the Lord of harvest would send out workers into his harvest field. In chapter 10, verse 1, it says Jesus sends his 12 disciples into the harvest field. <laughs> Did you ever think that maybe Jesus was setting us up with this prayer? <laughs> and that he intended for you to be the answer to your own prayer? Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send workers into the harvest field. Now go. It's like the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. Isaiah said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Did you hear the voice of the Lord today saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And does your heart readily respond, here am I, send me. I will pray the prayer, but I'll be ready to go. Amen? So let's pray that the Lord of the harvest would send out workers into the harvest field and then be ready and willing to go. Prayer number two, pray for open doors of opportunity to share the gospel. Pray for open doors of opportunity to share the gospel. These are Paul's words in Colossians chapter number four, verse number two. Colossians four, verse two. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. So Paul encouraged us to pray that doors of opportunity would open. Pray for me. Pray for us. Pray for yourself. That God would open a door. I believe this is a prayer that God loves to answer. But we often fail to pray it. God, open a door. I want to be one of those people that shares the message of the gospel. If you'll open the door, God, I'll step through. So God, I'm praying that you would open a door of opportunity for me to share the gospel. That's a great prayer to pray. Number three, pray for boldness and the right words to speak. One of the great fears of evangelism is, I don't know what to say, right? So one of our prayers ought to be, God, give me boldness and the right words to speak so that I can share the gospel. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, Words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Come on, God, fill my mouth. I don't want it to be just all me. I want it to be inspired by you. Inspired, give me those words that I can share so that I will fearlessly share the gospel. Now, next Sunday, you're going to want to be here because I'm going to give you words that you can share the gospel, 
All right? I'm going to make it so simple that every one of you, by the time we leave next Sunday, you'll know exactly how to share the gospel message. All right? How many of you would like that? All right? That's awesome. So you come back next Sunday, uh, bring several people with you because they'll hear the gospel, and maybe they'll get saved. Right? And so uh, I'm going to share that with you next week. But we also need words to help us build bridges to share the gospel. So God, this is a great prayer to pray. God, give me the right words so that I can fearlessly proclaim the gospel as I ought to. Number four, pray for your peeps. Yeah, you heard me right. Pray for your peeps, right? Who are your peeps? In Romans chapter 10 and verse one, Paul said, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God For the Israelites is that they may be saved. So obviously Paul was talking about his own countrymen, his own nationality, the Israelites. His heart beat to see them come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so the question for us today is, who's our peeps? Who's in your world that is dear to you, that means something significant to you? Do you have family and friends? who you know that don't know Jesus, will you pray for them? Will you bring their name before God and say, God, please, please, God, I I want them to go to heaven with me. I don't want them to go to hell. I want them to experience the life that only you can give. So I bring them to you, God. I want them to be saved. You need to bring their name before God. How about Great Falls? Any Great Falls people here? Come on, I'm a Great Falls people now. I've been in Great Falls 35 years. I think that qualifies me as being a Great Falls person, right? This is my city. Is this your city? You live here, it ought to be, right? How many know we want to make it hard for people to go to hell in Great Falls? So we should be praying for Great Falls and the surrounding counties. Coming up in September on the 13th, 14th, and 15th, Will Graham, who is Billy Graham's grandson, is going to be here in Great Falls for a three-night crusade. There are people in our world who have a gift of evangelism. I mean, they just do. They preach and people get saved. Billy Graham was one of those. I'm convinced Billy Graham could have read out of the phone book and people would have come to the altar call. He, He just had that gift. And I think that same gift is on Will Graham. If we'll dare to believe God and we'll work in cooperation with the Holy Spirit in inviting our friends and family to that crusade, to that celebration, we could see a massive move of God in our city and literally thousands of people could be brought into the kingdom of God in three days. We need to be praying for Great Falls and the surrounding county. What about Montana? Any Montanans here? Come on, 37 years in Montana. I was born and raised in Lewiston, Idaho. I'm a spud. But more than that, I've been in Montana longer than I lived in Idaho. I'm now officially a Montanan. I'm proud of it. How many of you would like to see a revival in Montana? See God sweep through the cities and communities. Will's going to be in Helena. He's going to be in Hamilton, Next year, I think he's planning on being in Billings and and Bozeman. We could see a massive revival all across our state. 
We need to be praying for Montana. Are there any Americans in the room today? We need to be praying for America. I said we need to be praying for America. America needs a revival. Or America needs an awakening. And if you're an American, you ought to be praying that God would move across this nation. And if you're a part of the human race, any humans here today? We ought to be praying for every human being on this people planet that the gospel of Jesus Christ would reach every people group in the world. Several weeks ago, we had Sue and Scott Behrman here, and their primary mission is going into unreached people groups, places where the gospel has never been preached. We've seen that number of tribes lowered significantly, but there's still people out there in our world that have never even heard the name of Jesus. And we need to pray for our world that there would be a global move of God across the face of this planet because we don't want anyone in our world to go to hell. Amen? Number five, pray for those in authority in order for favor to preach the gospel. Pray for those in authority for favor to preach the gospel. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-4. through four. Watch this. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. We need to be praying for our government. Listen very carefully. Government matters. The Bible says, when the righteous rule, the city prospers. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. One of the reasons America has been so blessed as a country is because it was founded on Christian principle. Not perfect, but Christian. Right? In God we trust. But we are quickly losing that freedom. And if we ever lose that freedom, we could possibly lose the freedom to openly share our faith in Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean we won't be able to. We just may face penalty for it. And I actually, I prefer being able to preach the gospel without any fear of retribution. How about you? And so we need to pray. We've got an election coming up in a year that could be one of the most significant elections in our lifetime. Every one of them is. And they only get more and more significant as we move through the time frame in history because we're losing our moral fiber and our moral fabric. And we must pray so that we can keep the freedoms that we have in order to preach the gospel. What's incredible to me is that in countries that don't have the freedoms we have, they preach the gospel better than we do at times. And we have the freedom to do so. It's awfully quiet in here today. Amen? Number six. You ready? Just got four more to go. Here we go. Number number six. Pray for the blinders to come off those who don't believe. Pray for the blinders to come off 
those who don't believe. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're blinded. Why is it that people walk around and it looks like they're in a stupor? Their eyes are glazed over. They don't seem to be able to understand. You tell them about Jesus and they, they just look at you with a blank stare in their face. At Christmas time, you're walking through the malls and you're hearing the Christmas music and, and, and the carols of old singing about the birth of a Savior and it goes right through them and they don't even hear or recognize or comprehend what Jesus is all about. We come to Easter and we preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. They hear all about it. You can't escape it. They know that Easter's not about an Easter bunny that lays eggs. I mean, really, a bunny that lays eggs? Come on, get real. That can't be what Easter is all about. And yet they hear about a Jesus who died and rose again, and they don't even comprehend what that could be about, what is happening. The God of this age has blinded their minds so that they can't even see the light of the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must pray. We're not going to convince people. We're not going to debate them into the kingdom of God. The only thing that can happen is that their blinder comes off. And all of a sudden, as we share, they're able to see for the very first time. And many of you were just like them. You know what it's like to have walked in this world and not understood anything about the gospel. And then one day, the light came on. And you saw it for the very first time. Jesus loves me. And he died for my sin and he rose again from the dead. And I can be restored to a relationship with God by faith in Jesus. And the light came on and you opened your heart and you received his great salvation. I can guarantee you something. Somebody was praying for you. That the blinder would come off and that you would see. We must pray. Number seven, pray that the Father would draw the lost to him. Pray that the Father would draw the lost to him. John chapter four, verse, or chapter six, verse 44, 644, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. No one can come to the Father unless the Father draws him. So that's a prayer we can pray, Father, draw them. God, soften their heart. Lead them. Draw them to you, God. We want them to know Jesus. We want them to know the glory of the gospel. Number eight, pray that the gospel would spread rapidly. I like this one. Pray that the gospel would spread rapidly. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1, as for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. Come on. How many would like to see the gospel spread rapidly? Come on. How would, you, how would you like to see in September the entire city of Great Falls come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord? 
Come on, wouldn't that be awesome? How many of you have been believing God for something, for maybe even for a long time, and then all of a sudden, boom, it happened? And just suddenly, rapidly, it came into existence. I believe God wants to do that kind of a, a work in our city and in our church, where the gospel of Jesus Christ just begins to spread very rapidly. Like an atomic bomb going off, boom, and it just spreads grabs a hold of the hearts and lives of people. We need to pray. We need to pray. God, let your message spread rapidly. I think that's why it's spreading rapidly all over the world today. In China, Africa, Asia, all over, the gospel is spreading rapidly. Number nine, here we are, the ninth prayer is pray that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pray that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. This could be the most significant prayer that you pray. Why? In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Again, we cannot even begin to think that we can accomplish this great work in our flesh alone. We need the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. And so we should never leave our door, our, our front door in the morning without first praying, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit today. Let me be filled and filled with and full of your Holy Spirit. Empower me today to be your witness. I need the anointing that only you can give because it's your anointing that allows me to be a witness. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 32, look what the Bible says, 31. After they prayed, the place where they were, their meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Come on, we need the fullness of the Holy Spirit to enable us to boldly declare the message of the gospel. By the way, we do need more love. We need more joy. We need more, more peace. But I'll tell you what, if you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to get full of the fruits of the Spirit. How many could use a little more love to love those people you really don't love? Come on, let's be honest, right? I need a little bit of Jesus love going up on the inside of me because there's some folks I don't really like. How I many need some joy to overcome some of the challenges that you face in life? A little bit more patience for those people that are rubbing you real close to raw. Huh? Need a little more gentleness and some self-control up in here. Come on, you get full of the Holy Spirit. You're going to get full of the fruit of the Spirit as well. And the things that the world really needs will begin to emanate out of your life. Now, let me, let me just close with a challenge, all right? Here's what I want to ask of you. We're going to make August a month of prayer. We're going to ramp up our prayer life just a little bit. I know we're doing the first 15, right? Spending the first 15 minutes of the day, five minutes in prayer, five minutes in worship, five minutes in the Word. But I'm going to invite you to ramp your prayer life up just a little bit more. And I want you to begin to pray these nine prayers throughout the month of August. 
Take some time every day. Now, I'm not saying you got to pray every prayer every day, but if you, if you could, that would be great. But at least, at least focus on one every day and make it an opportunity for you to pray for those in your world who need Jesus. And then I want to ask, ask you to add one more layer to that, okay? Are you ready? I know this is big, but I'm going to ask you to add fasting to your prayer life in August, all right? Take a day of the week and devote it to fasting and prayer, where you just spend the day just focused on praying for the harvest of souls in our city. If you can't do it a day, take a meal, right? Choose a meal during the week and say, okay, this, this meal I'm going to not eat, and I'm going to go somewhere, and I'm just going to pray. And spend that time just fasting and praying these nine prayers over your world. And watch what God will begin to do in your life as he equips us to reach our world for Jesus Christ. Amen? If you got something from that, would you give God a real good praise today? Come on. Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more information about Victory Church or to give online, visit victorychurchgf.com. Have a blessed week.